Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. KSTP AM St. Paul, Minneapolis. 94.5 KSTP FM, St. Paul HD2. Streaming at 1500ESPN.com. This is 1500 ESPN, the home of sports talk. Phil Mackey. When will I know when I'm a man? Your mom and I will tell you. Judd Zolgad. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Uh, Michelle, he's informed the Thunder that he's not going to opt in for that final year of his contract. He'll become an unrestricted free agent. He had until Friday uh, at midnight to do that. And now he heads in... <laughs> He heads in the free agency, and and the Thunder and Lakers are really shoulder to shoulder. Woj on He's on the air so much. (laughs) He isn't the most polished TV presence, but he's just there for his information. Adrian Wojnarowski. (laughs) Hacking up a lung there. So we're following this. Uh, it, 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 Woj just dropped a little mini Woj bomb. Little, little, roll a little Woj grenade out there. <laughs> yeah, it's not even that, a bomb. That uh, the the Spurs have come to terms with. They are going to trade Kawhi Leonard, or at least they've they've really dove into exploring the Lakers and the Celtics potential options. And if the Celtics want the Celtics, the Celtics could give up the most. They have the most just best young players, and they've got draft assets and things like that. So here's my question to you: impromptu. Mackie and Judd segment here. Actually, right. let's make this official here. It's not exactly the old AT40. The countdown rolls on. Number nine. But it's definitely a countdown worth paying attention to. How do I get ranked? Now, Phil and Judd rank them on 1500 ESPN. If you took all of the, just all the sports that you are interested in, and you took their regular seasons, their post-seasons, and their off-seasons, and put all of those seasons into a bin... And you rank them based on how interested you are in them. Mm-hmm. How would those go? Do you want me to start, or you want to start? Looks like you. Okay, I can. Yeah, I can. You can start. I sprung this on you late here, yep. and I have a list of twelve. All right. And I, I don't know. I could probably keep. I, I put twelve on the list here, uh, combining, and I put a couple college ones in here too. All right. Number twelve for me is the Major League Baseball regular season. That used to be so much higher. Oh yeah, but I don't. I don't know. It's. Baseball's got some things that it needs to iron out. Fifteen and, years ago, it'd be top three, right? Yeah, probably or top five, somewhere in there. But it's twelfth right now, and the Major League Baseball off season is eleventh. That used to be for sure top five. I'm surprised. Hot it, stove season. I, I'm surprised it, surprised it made your list. It's, it's that boring right now. Well, my list was supposed to be a top ten list, and then I put those two as kind of honorable mentions. Okay, because nothing happened in the off season last year, and this year. You're going to have two major marquee free agents in Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, and I guess they could get back on the map if if there was a big fun off. If it started right away with those two guys signing big contracts and the floodgates open, 
But those are outside my top ten. And this is a guy who grew up. Baseball's always been my favorite sport. I still love baseball. It's still right up there. But I'm punishing the baseball regular season and offseason. They're not on my list of uh, interesting things right now. Number ten, the NFL offseason. And the reason I'm putting it so low is because you never see the top, top players, the top quarterbacks. They're never on the move. The fact that Kirk Cousins was this huge headline. Oh, Kirk Cousins. Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins is like the 13th best quarterback in the NFL. Maybe the 8th or ninth best quarterback if if he's good, if he's having a peak Kirk Cousins year. But the fact that Peyton Manning... Once hit the offseason, yeah, and that Brady's was about it. Brady doesn't hit it. Drew Brees could have, chose not to. Aaron Rodgers could do it in two years, probably won't, right? So you get some wide receivers, and you get some offensive linemen and things of that nature, but you don't get the best players hitting the market and exploring their options. That's number 10. Number nine, I know you're going to have this higher, but NHL postseason is in my top 10. All right. Number eight, college football regular season. Because there are a lot of do-or-die games, and you get a lot of rivalries, and it is fun sitting down on a Saturday and just binge-watching college football. Uh, Number seven, March Madness, for interest. Number six, the college football playoff. Number five, the NBA postseason. (laughs) Number four, the Major League Baseball postseason. Number three, the NBA offseason. Number two, the NFL regular season. And number one, the NFL postseason. So my list, if we're... The NFL postseason is one, okay. Yeah, so I'll go back down. Yep. So this is, if we were to lump all of the all of your the sports that you pay attention to, and if you want to put UFC in here, like I'd probably put WWE in here, but I, I didn't think of it. So if you want to, you want to rank the regular seasons, postseasons, and off seasons in terms of how interested you are, number one for me is NFL postseason. Number two is NFL regular season. Number three is NBA off season. So what's about to happen in the next two weeks with player movement and makes, speculation and trades. Makes perfect sense, yes. Number four is MLB postseason, so October baseball. Number five is NBA postseason with legacies and storylines and superstars clashing and do-or-die games, even though it's become more predictable lately. Number six, college football playoff. Number seven, March Madness. Number eight, college football regular season. Number nine, NHL postseason. So just for me, I know some people are going to put NHL postseason higher. And it can be higher sometimes, depending. Uh, number 10, NFL offseason. And then baseball offseason, regular season outside the list. So what I'm telling you is made up rumors and drama. Oh, it's And then it's some great. player movement. It's great. Is third on my list. It's, but and it, above, it's, above games. Yeah, above games. It, no, it's fantastic. <laughs> The next week is going to be, it's so much fun. It's, yeah. And you could, and I'm sure you, you go through your list. Because okay. I'm sure you'll put NHL 11, offseason on the list. 11, I'll start there, a college football playoff. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. It should be expanded. They've done a good job compared to, to the old system of playing bowl games and then having people vote for the top team. I think they've at least got a semblance of it being right now. It'll probably be expanded. That is number 11 on my list. If they expanded to 8 or 16, would it have a chance to sniff top 5 for you? Or at least be solid in the went top to, ten. I think if they went to eight, definitely would. If you because I'd move it up. Too. If you went to if you went to eight and and absorbed bowl games and said that, that this is the system now, it would be I would say yeah top ten. Number ten MLB regular season is still important to me. I enjoy it. Uh, the off season in baseball to me has become a complete bore, which is a shame. 
And I, I think that they need to find some ways to fix that, at least tweak it a bit. Uh, but the regular season in baseball is number 10. Number nine, my favorite sport, regular season. Hockey, I love, but it's nine. It's not great. Yeah. It's, there's a ton of diluted games. Uh, Notice no, NBA regular season and NHL regular season and MLB regular season yep. were all outside my top 11. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, n- number eight on my list, hockey again. The off season in hockey is not as great as the NBA is, but it's a lot of fun. Starting on July 1st, guys signed. There's a lot of trades made. So that's eight on my list. Number seven, MLB playoffs, which I still think are fun. That time is still good. I, I like the way that they do it on TV now, where you can watch a bunch of games at once and they stagger them a little bit. I think it's pretty well done. So that is number seven on my list. Number six, the National Football League regular season. Hmm. Number five, March Madness and College Hoops is still, that Thursday, really? Friday is okay. unbelievably fun. And and I don't care about teams. Above like Patriots and uh, Steelers Sunday I night? Love, I love those two days. Now, now where they're starting to lose me is the quality of games, I think, continues to decrease and games take too long at the end, and that bugs me. But when that, when the play, or when March Madness starts those first two days, or first four, are incredibly fun. So that is number uh, five on my list. Number four, NBA offseason has become fantastic. They have, they've done such a great job of basically saying, yeah, our playoffs have super teams, and you might be checked out on that, but you know what? You're not checked out on LeBron James is going somewhere. Yeah. And Chris, Chris Paul Chris might Paul be. And Kevin, and Kevin Durant's Durant texting LeBron. <laughs> I mean, that is, that, that is, is as, far as, as far as Twitter goes, as far as coverage goes, July 1st and the few days after that, are the, the NBA's done a perfect job of basically saying, if you didn't like our on-the-court product, we're going to give you something yeah. that you will like. Like the fact that you hear stories, the Stephen A. Smith report, that Kevin Durant and LeBron yes. James are texting each other, and it's mostly Dur- Durant rejecting LeBron, but you never hear, hey, Drew Brees was just texting and, with Mike, with well, you couldn't text with Mike Zimmer, but Drew Brees was just texting with Adam Thielen. And the leaks are brilliant. And they don't punish as much for leaks. And they shouldn't. Yeah. The leak the leaks make your business. Yes. Uh so that is number four. N- number three on my list, way ahead of yours. National Football League off season to me, the beginning of March. Yeah, you don't have huge names move, but you have but they've done a, another very good job of making it a made for TV event. I could never understand why up until a couple years ago the free agency period in football would start at 11 p.m. central midnight there wouldn't be full TV coverage and I always said make it into a made for TV event they've done that and so now it starts at what three o'clock Eastern and you have guys yeah. signing and and the smart thing there is you've got two tiers but the top tier goes fast and so it's fun to watch yeah I, I think the NFL does a good job too of you might not know who the third best left tackle is, but you're ready for your team to give $30 million guaranteed to him. Oh, Riley Reef. Yep. Yeah, we've been following him this whole time. And they've got p- people situated at each team. And so it, it's almost, to me, it's like the draft with guys who you know, though. And so it takes the draft mentality and ups it. So that is number uh, three on my list for the National Football League offseason. And I guess yeah, the fact that you include you could include the draft in the offseason, so that would elevate it more if you're into the draft. So yeah. And number two on my list, National Football League playoffs, which are ordinarily pretty damn strong, which leaves number one, the hockey playoffs, which mm-hmm. I still think are great. Uh, but I think what these lists do prove is if you have if you have a compel a compelling opening to your free agency period. 
It's a lot of fun. And I, I know that there's old timers out there who say, oh, th- 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 this is all speculation. It's not that much fun. I completely disagree. I think it's great. I, it's great theater. So go through your, uh, your top five okay. or six again. Hockey playoffs, football playoffs, football, uh, the free agency period that starts in March. Number four, NBA offseason. Number five, March Madness. Number six, the National Football League regular season. Number seven, the Major League Baseball playoffs. Number eight, the hockey offseason. Number nine, the National Hockey League regular season. Number 10, the MLB regular season. And number 11 on my list, yeah. the college football playoff. So, okay, let's co- let's come back here, too. I know I don't want to do another segment on how to fix baseball, but I do think it's interesting that you and I both put multiple football things and basketball things above baseball. And you and I, th- I think, would both say that we love baseball as our first or second. Like hockey's probably your number one, but baseball would be my two. Right. So I, we're dying for it. Yes. And it's not, they're just not. It's not even close to being there. So, all right, Mackie and Judd, if you have thoughts on this, if we, we're just ranking if you put all of the regular season, postseason, and off seasons of all of the sports in a bin, and you started to rank them based on how interested you are in those things, where would, what would your top three be? What would your top five be? Tweet at us, at Phil Mackie, at 1500ESPN Judd. Uh, you can also call 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Here's another Woj tweet. Boston is extremely cautious on the Kawhi Leonard front. There's so much uncertainty with Kawhi Leonard's future, health, free agency, desires, etc. Will he be the same player? That's hard to tell. Celtics don't have to make a risky trade and have no intention to do so. It's an interesting dance. you got to think that the Lakers are going to be more willing to give up yes. more than the Celtics, who could win the championship by just getting their guys back healthy. But, but clearly LeBron <laughs> said, get this guy. Go get that guy. And I'll come there. Reckless speculation. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. And we're out. On 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more Mackie and Judd, live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. All right, I need an explanation here. Let's get our get our guy here. All right. Real quick. Before we get back to the reckless speculation radio that we're known for. Are you on a train right now, Patrick? We're on a train. <laughs> yes, we're on a train. I, uh, I, uh, the bride was coming with me to Wrigley Field. And uh, on Tuesday night, I said, hey, why don't we take the train? What do you think? She said, yeah, yeah, if you want to. So, uh, so I booked the train tickets and, uh, and, uh, well, another blunder by, uh, by me here. But you just so, got on the train. How can it be what, a blunder if you just wrong? got on the train like an hour well, ago? Because it was supposed to leave at eight and then left at 10. And apparently this is normal. And, and then, and then, you know what else I've discovered, boys? I've, we've been on the train now for an hour and 20 minutes. There's nothing to do on a train. You just, you just sit here and watch the world go by. There's nothing to do Because you train. don't drink. That's the problem, Roycey. <laughs> no, There's plenty to do in the club car, but you can't partake. No, well, that's part of it. Because, I, you know, if, if ever I felt the urge to be hammered, it would be right now. <laughs> so, the last few years. There's nothing to do on a train. So, I've, I've discovered that. Plus, it's a train's cramped. And you try to walk places, and you bounce around. You're you're like your own airline flight attendant. You're bouncing around in the aisle if you go anyplace, you know. So uh, I don't know. I I I think I've uh, discovered why America America doesn't ride by rail anymore. <laughs> it what, 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 what? takes a long time. It's inconvenient. It's always late. 
and it's crowded and there's nothing to do. What was your, in your mind when you booked this for you and the bride, what was your best case scenario in your mind? Cary Grant and Eva Marie Saint at the end of North by Northwest. Have you seen the movie? Uh, Yes, but he gives refresh. The, he gives her the he gives her the lift up at the end of the movie. The lift <laughs> he gives her the lift up into the top bunk. Right? That's now. I'm not suggesting that would have happened, but that's my view of train travel. Right? That's yep. a romantic view of train travel. Yeah. As I said on Twitter, this is more like John Candy and Steve Martin. Now, <laughs> you know, planes, <laughs> trains, and automobiles. I mean, you would have settled for you would have settled for Sean Connery from Russia with Love. Maybe take out a villain and then be the yeah. hero. Yeah, right. Beat him up, throw him off, anything. Somebody said. Somebody said uh, on Twitter. I was when I was complaining. He said. Uh, uh, it's more like Hitchcock's Strangers on the Train. Yep. Have you ever seen that great Hitchcock movie? And he says, if somebody comes up and whispers crisscross to you, change seats, <laughs> which, is, like, which is the start of the whole uh, the Hitchcock mystery. But, uh, you know, we've never done this, and you know what it is going to be? A once-in-a-lifetime experience, I can tell you that. This round trip, or are, are you considering yeah, another form well, of transportation yeah, home? I'm already uh, I'm, I'm I'm already uh, into it uh, financially. I've already invested in the return trip. So, although I, I think the bride is threatening to fly home on Saturday, I'm not sure yet. So, uh, but any, anyway, it was uh, it was not one of my greatest ideas. You know who's really enjoying this, uh, Kenny. Just because of the what the no the torture Kenny, of the Kenny, Kenny was telling me how stupid it was yesterday because oh. <laughs> he's done it in the past and uh, he he was recommending that uh, that I bail if, if at all possible oh, but it, you know what the heck. two hours we'll late end up at, we'll end up at Wrigley Field which apparently is normal really yeah yeah I guess it's uh, yeah traffic I can be brutal that. on those railroad lines were they fixing <laughs> the yeah the rail lines the whole time. <laughs> I have no idea what what causes it, but uh, I, uh, I I'll say one thing: we don't have to worry about uh, checking bags and stuff like that. So that's that's one nice thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, are you yeah. gonna? Who lasts longer in Chicago? You or a third of the Twins roster? Are they Holy, gonna? What are they gonna do? Is there any hot rumors or anything? Or yeah, the hot yeah, hot hot rumors about Logan Morrison's trade value and oh, that's no, the problem. I, no. I think they'll release him, don't you? I, I mean, mean, they're not going to get anything for him. They're already paying him, and they're going to they're going to need bodies at some point if they start trading. The, the, all right, what, here's the question: Would you trade Eduardo Escobar, or would you hope to keep him around for a few years? Uh well, somebody would have to give me something, you know. And then mm-hmm. if, he's, if I get to the end of the year and nobody's given me anything significant, then I sign him, right? But if somebody knocks my socks off, sure, I'll, I'll trade him. But I, I just don't see infielders being of that big a value before this trading deadline. Anyway, I mean, you're not going to get anything for Dozier. You're going to get no. you're going to get about a third of what people think you're going to get. Yep, for it's Dozier. Gonna, it's going to be great when you when you find no trade partners for Dozier and he goes off for one of his patented. It's too yep. late. Twenty home runs, second halves, and they inch within four games of five hundred. That'll be great. <laughs> I don't see this. This is this is a terrible team. They're uh, they're going to score. I I did the numbers today. They're going to score 150 fewer numbers that have runs, runs than they did last year. Yeah, 
And Max Kepler, yeah. as you pointed out last night, Max Kepler is now add him to the list of yeah. you got Buxton, he's, he's, you got Buxton in the buck fifty at AAA, and Max Kepler can't hit a right hander. Yeah, and uh, but you know, here's the deal: if if Sano comes back and let's say July after the All Star break, yeah, I, I don't know if he will, but if he does, he's got a DH and play first base. He and Mauer, if you can't even have Morrison around, uh, I mean, because you can't put. Snow back at third base, it's a disgrace. So, you know, he's got to start learning how to play first base because it's all over for Joe. I got news for everybody. Joe's done here, right? He's done. It's over. He's over. He's done playing. He's not going to, he's not going to hit 270 and, and come back for another year. He's, 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 he's hanging it up, I think. It's been a great career, Pat. Years old, got we can all agree on that, home. right? It was yeah. a great career as a catcher and, and then went south after that. But it's over with. I think if he would have had a year this year like he had last year, he probably would have wanted to come back. But he doesn't want to come back and be this Joe Mauer, I don't think. Two fifty six, by the way. Have you noticed that? Oh yeah. You know what's funny? A guy goes to Vegas for a few days and uh, looks at Joe Mauer's. Joe Mauer has dropped like forty points in average and on base percentage since he came back. back. Yeah. Hey, Phil, somebody pointed this out the other day, and I think it was John Heyman. I heard John Heyman say this, and I hadn't really thought about it. All the guys who are really suffering are left-handed hitters. And the, uh, I mean, not all of them, but 90% of them, and their shift is killing left-handed hitters. Yeah, because you can't shift a, Harper, you can't shift a right-handed hitter. No, you can not, not, not as severely, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But look at the numbers for some left-handed hitters. I mean, Brian, I have... Bryce Harper's hitting 200, and uh, and then then all of a sudden they try to you know hit it through the shift, and uh, they they get mad and they they keep trying to bang it through the. That's going to get yeah, fixed, well, Patrick. But, and here's the thing for a guy like a guy like Joe Maurer, if you're if and, and the shift is even more aggressive. He's always been shifted, you know, since oh, yeah. the last ten years, but it's more aggressive now. If you can't hit a ball over the shift, and you're a left-handed yeah. hitter, and you can't beat out one of those. Little you know ground balls to short right that maybe you get an infield single on. You're not. I don't know how you're gonna hit for a high average or you know. I, to me, to me, Joe Maurer is almost the godfather of the shift because hmm. seven or eight years ago they said, okay, every time he hits a fly ball, he hits it to left field, and every time he hits a ground ball, he hits it to right field, and they, you know, that certainly a lot of things cost him thirty points off his batting average. Uh, he doesn't hit the ball as hard as he used to, blah, blah, blah. But the the, the original reason he went from 350 to 310 was the shift. And then, then he kept going downhill. Yeah. Legal de- defense uh, for 2019. I think it's coming. I think they're going to come up with something uh, where, you can't ha- where you can't have three guys on the left side. I had Randball on the other day, though. Did you hear that? He was out at the, on his minor league and he says the 22nd clock works. He says it works. Good. They should bring that in, too. He said, the, the, oh, that's coming in. That, that's Manfred's big baby. Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, you see a guy like Jose Barrios, and now he's good, but he gets the ball and turns around and throws it, and you never complain about pace a game then. But, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do about the shift, but I would say they, they're probably going to draw a line down the middle of the field and say you have to have three defenders on that side of it or something. Yeah. Although you can... You know, you can anything they can do is not going to prevent them from crowding the right side of the, the the diamond. You know, but 
they're not going to draw a little circle and make everybody stay in their natural position. So I don't know what they're going <laughs> to do. Just nail, nail way, your I got a lot of time to contemplate all these things. <laughs> I bet you do. Are you, are you, did, you, did you and the wife run out of things to talk about in the first half can, hour? I can think about deep thoughts on baseball. Another thing is I will drive by watching the road. Don't they have Wi-Fi or something? Can't you watch uh, like a, a BBC mystery series on the on the train ride? I suppose I could. I don't know. Right now, it's uh, right now. I'm just sitting sitting around here contemplating my own stupidity. <laughs> Be prepared to bicker, Patrick. That's what's coming up next. We're uh, we're doing well with it. The trouble is, I'm, I'm trying to get her to get her full of liquor, but she's not interested. So. What? <laughs> There's wine in play, and she's not. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I'm 72. That's my excuse. I had a, you know, I'm not as smart as I used to. <laughs> hey, by the way, you're welcome. If you have questions about scandal, you're welcome to ask me any of those questions. Oh, I made it. I made it yeah. five seasons. Yeah. Really. There, and somebody said that they're all evil, that I don't have to worry about who's evil because everybody on the show is evil. There's a lot of shades of gray, a lot of, <laughs> lot of questionable behavior. That at, the, at the beginning of the series, when I started watching five years ago, I thought, man, wouldn't it be crazy if this is what Washington, D.C. was like? And now it's <laughs> it like, oh, okay, yep, pretty much. <laughs> Might be worse. Yep. Yeah. All right, well, enjoy uh, the, the next five uh, hours of your train trip. Almost to Winona. Is anybody down here you want me to say hello to? We're almost to Winona here. <laughs> you know, why don't you tweet out your cell phone number? You can just have random people call you to keep you busy. <laughs> That's a good idea. Two hours All right. late. All right, All right Patrick, bye. bye. Patrick. Goodbye. All right, that's Pat on a train to Chicago. This is great how he now regrets it. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have done that. It's a stupid idea. I did oh, it man. once or twice. It's fun. You just get bombed for seven oh, yeah. hours on the way to Chicago. Yeah, I once, I once was, uh, I remember getting to Red Wing, I believe, and then it stopped in Chicago. Oh, so you, bla- some point, you blacked out black for four out. hours? I took a nap. Okay. I took a four-hour nap. It was great. Train just stopped. Train. Sir, we're going to have to ask you to leave the train. I Why? Was, we're in Georgia right I was now. very lucky that, that we weren't somewhere in Indiana by the time I woke up. Let me put it that way. Roy Smalley will join us when we come back. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. You know what they need? Tweaks. 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 On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. All right, people, let's get ready. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are talking twins. Now. Now. With former twins great turned FSN analyst Roy Smalley. Yeah, I was going up there just being ready for the fastball. Um, I saw him. He threw a couple breakers. I don't know if they hit the zone or if they were, um, you know, there. But I just saw the majority fastball, so I was ready for it. But this one to hit drives it to right. This one is deep. This one is gone. Trevor Lardich, 19th, and Oregon State roars to the top here in the ninth. They now lead it. You know, Roy, let's start with the good news. Did you happen to catch Trevor Larnick's two-run bomb, the Twins' first-round draft pick, two-run bomb in the College World Series last night? No, I, I miss it. I, I, the kid really looks like he can hit. I, I'm, uh, I'm happy for him. What it, you know, I, as a guy that played in uh, and, and actually won two national championships, there's, there's, there's very few experiences like that in life, especially as a young person. Yeah, they. I mean, Arkansas was Arkansas, who hasn't lost a game in the College World Series. They were. They were up by one, ninth inning, 
Oregon State had the tying run on second base, but they were one strike away from winning it, and the pitcher gets a pop-up to foul territory past the first base bag, and three fielders looked at each other, and the ball dropped between the three of them, and Oregon oh, State no. Oregon State singles <laughs> in the tying run, and then Larnick comes up and hits a two-run bomb with two outs to, oh, to put him to a game three. But, like, what, what – what, so you've, you've won two national championships. Is there – is that pressure that you feel – Collegiately, so you're not. It's not major league pressure, but you've played in World Series. You won a World Series, College World Series. Um, what's the difference between the pressure you felt, let's say, in 1987 versus when you're a 21 year old kid playing for a college title? None. There's no difference. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the it's the top of the mountain, uh, you know, for what you know, right? In in college, I mean, and you know, obviously, the World Series is a is a bigger deal and and uh, you know, more pressure and all those all those kinds of things, but it's it, it, you've also been through an awful lot. By the time you get to a you know, World Series, you're older and and been through and been through wars for the most part. Uh, when you go, to it, I mean, we won our, the first one that I uh, played in. It, I was a I was a sophomore in in 1972, and I was 19 years old. You know, I mean, it's. And at that time, I got to tell you, no one had ever won more than two world uh, national championships in a row, and we were going for the third, and we were going there to, you know, we were trying to set the record, and so there was, which we did, and and by the way, no one has since we won, what turned out to be five in a row in that streak. I mean, um, no one has won more than two in a row since either. So. Um, you know, I, we had a sense of history about uh, getting to three in a row, and, and I was 19, and, and I can't, I'll tell you, it was, uh, it, it was about all the pressure I wanted it. I wanted experience. Where, Roy, does the, the experience rank to a plan in, in that event? I, it's, um, well, I mean, I was fortunate enough to, you know, play in a, and win a, you know, be a part of a World Series championship team. I started in the All-Star game sure. um, and, um, and won you know, two national championships, uh, probably in that order for me in my life. I mean, it was, it was, it was fantastic. All right. This twins team, sir, let, let's get to it. Your, your observation. <laughs> well, let's talk about the college world. Yeah. <laughs> your, your well, Arkansas has got a good yeah. righty going tonight. Yeah. Let's talk about the new <laughs> Rosenblatt stadium. No, your observation of, of where things stand now, because, I think it's safe to say that uh, compared to to what our expectations were, things have gone off the r- rails. Unfortunately, what is your observation of of where this team is at, and and can you sell us some hope about any potential comeback here that could happen? Well, here's the here's my thought about it: is that they they aren't the lineup that we all thought they were going to be when the, you know when we were anticipating when they went out. And uh, improve the pitching staff, and you know we can argue. You know people can argue about that as well. But uh, you know it, it maybe not being as as good so far as as people thought it might be. But it's better than it's been in a long time. And so really, I, I kind of feel like it's on the it's on the lineup right now. And the lineup's not what we thought. Polanco, uh, if you go back to the second half of last year, and you look at the the production. That came from Buxton and Polanco and Dozier. None of that has has happened uh, this year. Um, uh, haven't had the same production from Joe uh, Mauer either. And uh, and so Rosario's been terrific, as we know. Escobar's been you know terrific. 
and those guys were did in the second half of the season what they've done pretty much in the first half uh, this year. But there's been there hasn't been the support up and down the lineup that they had in the second half of the season when they you know surged to the to the playoffs. And and so I don't know what to tell I don't know how to sell you hope other than to say I I can't believe that there's not a you know a a, a Dozier streak uh, coming. And um, I, I, I'm just assuming at some point in time that Buxton's going to be, you know, the player that we think he's going to be. But, you know, other, there's not a whole lot else to say about, uh, about it right now other than, you know, the lineup hasn't been the lineup we thought for injury reasons and for performance reasons from key people. What about Kepler? He started off so hot well, in hitting lefties. One, absolutely. He, he's, he's, another, he's another guy that, uh, you know, that – uh, I think the expectations are significantly higher, and and you know I, I I'm on record uh, here and other places saying I, I really felt like this that the Twins outfielders would take this lineup uh, you know it would be the ones that would take the lineup wherever it was going to go and and I, I think unfortunately that's been kind of true with the exception of Rosario of course that's been kind of true in the reverse of what I you know what I thought because Buxton and Kepler. You know, haven't been the contributors so far that that I expect that ultimately they they will be. I mean, the the way Max has hit left-handers this year is really encouraging. Uh, I, I think it bodes well for him becoming the hitter that we think he's he's going to be. That his inconsistency against right-handed pitching this is kind of a head scratcher to me. Uh, you know, this year and. So you look at the you look at the core group of young guys, and and I, I still believe that Brian Dozier is a key part of this this offense, and we haven't seen, you know, Brian have the the kind of streak that you know he's had the last couple of years when he's carried helped carry the club. But in addition to, you know, it, it, not not counting Brian, the young guys, Sano, Buxton, Rosario, Kepler. I mean, those are the guys that we're going to form the you know the foundation of a of a long term you know juggernaut type offense and we just haven't seen that. So I'm going to I'm going to go stat geek on you guys here uh, and I, th- this is a really intriguing thing when looking at Max Kepler. If you get away from the back of the baseball card numbers, they have something called batting average on balls in play for fans out there who are uh who see some sometimes you'll see BABIP when you're going through player stats. He has on on everything that's put into play. So if you take the home runs away and you take away the strikeouts and the walks, when he puts a ball in play between the foul lines and feelers have a chance to feel it, he has the lowest batting average or one of the lowest batting averages in the major leagues over the past three years. And my first thought was, well, that's got to be shifts, right? If Like if he's just getting a bunch of hits taken away because of shifts, but there's a lot of left-handed hitters who are getting hits taken away from shifts and they still have a batting average on balls in play that's 40 or 50 points higher. Is it weak contact? Is it shifting? Why, when he puts a ball into play, does he only convert at, this year, a 230 clip? I'm not sure about that. I don't think it's shifting. I don't, I don't, it's, and I don't know that I'm right about that, but my, the, the, my, the image that I have in my mind about outs that um, Max makes is not, Oh, there's another ball into the shift. I mean, I watched Joe Maurer hit three balls, three line drives into the shift, you know, not a week or so ago. And, you know, Joe gets hits taken away by, uh, by really good defensive positioning. I don't feel like, like, uh, Kepler, uh, does. And, um, it, it's, it seems to me that Max has not, um, he hasn't, 
learned how to go up to the plate um, with a definite plan in mind about a, about a given pitcher. And so I, I think the the low batting average uh, on balls in play has to do with making um, early weak outs, uh, swinging at balls that he probably shouldn't be uh, swinging at, um, or uh, getting to two strikes quickly and then having to having to put something in play. Uh, you know, you, you put a lot of balls in play weekly when you when you have two strikes, just just battling that you know not to strike out. That would be my guess. I mean, I know for a fact that. You know, James Rousen has told me that that Max is Max's plan to play is to go up and, and just look for the ball and, and try to hit it you know, hit it hard somewhere, which is a which is a good you know mental uh, process. But you can make an awful lot of outs early uh, on pitches that you, you, that you're not you ought not be looking for, or uh, in particular, for, you know. Ted Williams always said when he was if I, when he was fooled he just took the pitch. I mean he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna put a bad swing on a ball on a pitch that he wasn't he wasn't looking for or that that either speed or trajectory you know fooled him. And I I have the feeling that that Max goes up at, and sees a ball somewhere in the strike zone and and tries to hit that ball hard even if his tempo is you know is not on that particular speed or or whatever i kind of feel like max ought to be you know looking for fastballs and taking everything else until he gets two strikes or if he thinks the guy's going to throw him breaking balls or you know then look for that and take the fastball but he's he's in between a lot and i think that's the next step for him he, he's a young baseball player we have we've talked about that before right i mean he came to the game late and he has a world of talent a world, world of athleticism he hits the ball incredibly hard he, he's got that natural ability uh, the next step for a young hitter is to really have a plan against uh every time up against against each pitcher you're facing and not just not just feel obligated to to try to hit the ball hard on you just because the ball's thrown up there at you. They're right among the potential changes for the sport. Do, do you like the idea of some sort of illegal defense that at least makes these shifts while, while they still might exist not be as exaggerated as they currently are? I don't get that. I mean, I, is that like um, so? When I used to, when I was playing shortstop and Carl Yastrzemski was up, I would position myself behind second base. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, so it, sh- sh- are you saying that I shouldn't play there, or that's okay, but three more steps to my left over on the second base side is it, 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 it or two steps? Is it one? I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't get how you. That's how my you guess. Yeah. That. I mean, how do you, how do you do my, that? My guess. You, you, my guess is that is that the rule would be that you can't have three infielders on the left side of the bag there or on th- the right side, so that you could be positioned behind the bag, but you couldn't be positioned to the left of the bag. That's my guess. I, yeah, I think it's crazy. I, I, I mean, I think I, I. Why don't we just say? Why don't we? Why don't we choose? Against um, certain hitters, like when we were kids, we didn't have enough players. Well, you know, you know, right field's closed. <laughs> pitcher's hand, Roy. We can go to pitcher's hand. You hit it. You hit it to right. You hit it to right field. You're out. You know. I mean, I, I don't. I, That's I, what happened I, when you hit it to right field against Buffalo High School with this guy standing out there. <laughs> automatic out. So I mean, I I get 
what they're discussing, but I just don't get the implementation, and I kind of don't get the philosophy. I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's. Uh, I, I also think it's kind of absurd that it, you're basically what you're saying is, look, the best hitters in the world uh, can't figure out that they keep making outs, doing things the same way, definition of insanity, and they can't possibly figure out how to ground a left-hander, how to just wait longer and ground the ball that, you know, left field for a base hit. Right. I mean, so you're saying since our guys can't do the since they're since they're untalented enough at the major league level to figure out how to <laughs> how to beat a shift, then we're going to make it illegal to shift. I mean, this is this is natural selection. Really, like if you're a left-handed hitter and absolutely, and you can't hit a ball in the left field, then you don't have a job. Yeah, now you're in trouble. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I I just think the whole thing's absurd. I it, I don't know. It's just let's just close one of the fields. I don't care. Well, yeah, I think I think we <laughs> right field right fielders are obsolete. We don't need them because you're out if the ball goes to right field. Well, oh, and you get to pick. You know, you get to pick on the depending on the hitter. Uh, this time left field's closed. This guy not right field's closed. You hit it over there. You're That's out. Like or you know, we need more fun, fanning. Right? We need more fan engagement. Young kids, twelve and under, you get to choose which field is closed. <laughs> Great stuff, Roy. We'll talk Thanks, next Roy. week. Bye. All right, see you. All right, Roy Smalley, Fox Sports North. That was an awesome comeback. I like that. <laughs> Mackie and Judd, TCL Brock. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgad. Let's make this older, dumpier, right? and whiter. There you- <laughs> Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Given past and present NHL players for a day of golf at the 2018 Minnesota NHL Alumni Classic. This year's event taking place Monday, July 16th at White Eagle Golf Club in Hudson. In addition to a round of golf, each registration includes on-course food and beverages, dinner, player gifts, and more. For all the details and to register, head to 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Proud sponsor of the beer show tonight, 6 o'clock on 1500ESPN. Yeah, you know, I mean, part of the game that I saw, <laughs> we, we didn't do particularly well. No, they didn't. And the rest of the game, you didn't no. do well either, They'll Paul, try again so. here in like 20 minutes, though. We'll see what happens at Guaranteed Rate Field, one of the oddest named stadiums. They call it the G... It's the new Comiskey Park. I don't care yeah. what else they call it. So I want to go back to this Max Kepler thing for a second here. Mackie and Judd, statistical divers. Okay, we're going to dive deep into the weeds here. All right. So he has a two twelve average on the season. His on-base percentage is dipping closer to three hundred. It's not a strikeout problem for him. Most of the low batting average guys you see are, well, they're getting hits taken away because they can't make contact. Logan Morrison, Miguel Sano. Or if you were to just put the ball in play more often, you would have a much better chance to get hits, and therefore your batting average would go up, right? Mm -hmm. But he has one of the lowest strikeout rates on the team. In fact, he has one of the lower strikeout rates in in the league just with guys who play every day. He strikes out about one third of the amount of time as a Miguel Sano strikes out. So it's not a strikeout problem for Max Kepler. So in general, your batting average is affected by three different things. Strikeouts, home runs, and then whatever happens on the balls in play that aren't home runs or strikeouts. You hit a ball into play somewhere, and now it's at the mercy of how hard you hit it. Where did you hit it? Are they going to track it down in the air? Are they going to throw you out on the ground, right? So the, that's called batting average on balls in play, right? which the Twins broadcast with Bramer and Blatt, talk, they, talk about they make fun of it because I don't understand why it matters. Well, it doesn't. It's just another way to go about investigating a player's numbers and talent, right? 
So the players who have historically the lowest batting average on balls in play are slow-footed, towering fly ball guys who are just, they're going to hit, they're they're not going to beat out infield singles and they're going to hit a lot of balls that don't quite get out of the ballpark or over an outfielder's head and they're just easy outs. Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn was a low batting average on balls in play guy. Albert Pujols is. Brian McCann. Todd Frazier. Carlos Santana. Curtis Granderson, now that he's like 37 and only hits towering fly balls, right? And Max Kepler is on this list the last three years among the 10 worst batting average on balls in play guys. But he's not slow-footed. In fact, he's pretty quick. He's a you, you could put him in center field. He's a pretty quick guy. They have a lot. He doesn't strike out a lot. And and he and he's a guy that hits the ball hard more often than not. He has a hard hit average that's above major league average. It's a mystery to me why say, he so has such bad numbers. And I, we asked Roy, and even he's like, I don't know. Well, how, how often do you guys go through a year like this where it's truly bad luck? But this is a three. We're talking a three-year sample here for All Max right. Kepler. It happens in a year. It doesn't happen over three years. So there's they're either shifting right. him perfectly. All right, here, here's my next question. Can you break down ground balls, lineouts, and flyouts? Like because, his batting average on, yeah. on each of those? Because if you're shaded, Actually, yes. <laughs> so if you're shaded, if you're Kepler and, and teams have a book on you and you're shaded properly and you fly out a lot, you're not going to get on base. So if I'm flying out to right field consistently and I'm shaded properly by the defense... I have no chance. Well, this is, I'm going to enter this into the Mackie and Judd. Now, if I hit ground balls database. and I can get some more luck there or line drives, okay, and I and I get fortuitous bounces and or a line drive gets through. Yeah. now I've got more of a chance. I've got it. So the ma- the major league this is crazy that you could actually break this down. This? By the way, all right, this is all God. Right. We're in the weeds right now. All right, this is for his career. No one else in town does this. Probably for a reason. <laughs> It's not that entertaining. People are like, I'm going to something else. So the major league average for, if you hit a line drive, if it's classified by the score as a line drive, now there could be a flare could be considered a line drive, right? But if it's considered a line drive, uh, on average, you're going to convert that line drive into a hit three quarters of the time. Like 73 or 75% of those are going to, so obviously if you were to just hit line drives and never strike out, you'd bat 750 or 730. Yep. His career average on line drives is 620. Okay. So is that because he's just the unluckiest hitter in baseball, or is he not squaring the ball up? Are they soft line drives that are hanging up for be, outfielders? That would be or my for, guess. You know, is he, just, is, is he not barreling up the ball as much as he should? The latter would be my guess. It's interesting. But he shouldn't be in that category of right. big plotting Carlos Santana, Albert Pujols with two busted feet. Like he can, he should be, he should be guys that ground more. out and just like look at the ball. They're like, I got no chance. Yeah. The guys with the highest, Ortiz. the guys who get on base the most on on those balls in play are dudes like Jose Altuve, uh, Jonathan VR with the Brewers. So you got speed line drives. Gene Segura, Aaron Judge is on that list because he just hits everything hard. Yep. Everything is just a laser beam. Charlie Blackman, everything's a laser beam. Mike Trout obviously is on this list. Corey Seager. But even dudes like David Freeze, John Jay, non-spectacular hitters who are just able to hit the ball hard. And I don't I know. Want it's, a, it's a max cover mystery. Give me answers. We don't have any, unfortunately. Matthew Collar might have some answers for us. Daniil Hunter signed a contract extension. Well, football, he definitely will. He always does on football. People are saying he might have Wally pipped us yesterday, him and Courtney Cronin.
That happens to the best of us. We'll have to take him down a peg when we come back. Matthew Collar will join Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studio. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout. Coffee break. Better hurry if we want to get a seat. On 1500 ESPN.